Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This is a Virgin Media Originals podcast series. Welcome to a bonus episode of Hooked On, I'm a Celeb with me, Fanula J. Series three of I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here is considered to be one of the best ever, boasting a lineup of Peter Andre, Jordan and Johnny Rotten from the Sex Pistols, to name but a few. One of the finalists that year was ex-Liverpool and West Ham defender Neil Razor Ruddock. Here's a little bit of him telling me what it was like to take part in the show. You know, I just remember being hungry, tired and and bored and scared of snakes, spiders and rats. But after three days, you're so tired that, you know, snakes, rats, spiders, they don't scare you anymore. You're just looking at them thinking, go and bite me and then go go away so I can sleep. We'll have more from Razor on his time in camp. But first, the football hard man has a new book out which lifts the lid on the best and worst moments from his footballing career. His experiences on reality shows, including I'm a Celebrity and MasterChef, as well as defining personal moments from his childhood and adult life. Here now is my conversation with Neil Razor Ruddock about his new book, The World According to Razor, My Closest Shaves, and his time on I'm a Celeb. Razor Ruddock, thank you so much for joining me today for a chat about your new autobiography, The World According to Razor, yeah. My Closest Shaves. Thank you. When did you begin work on the book when were you ready to well, tell the story it was uh of the first lockdown lockdown number one i was sat on my backside which i'm i'm the king of i'll be olympic champion of sitting on my backside watching telly and then i run out of box sets and run out of, you know bored and watching telly then uh i just thought i didn't want to do an autobiography i wanted to do a, do so many people bringing autobiographies out you know about their life and i just thought i'm gonna do some uh, bring a book out about me me funny stories when I was playing football and then when I finished football and my closest shaves, you know, the, 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 the stories that you always pray to God to and say, God, if you get me out of this, I promise I'll never do anything stupid again. And obviously, once you're out of that, you do stupid things again. So it was my, it was me, me closest shaves. And that, you know, looking back, I think how stupid I was and how, how funny they were and sad they were. And I mean, it's just crazy times. So I just wanted to write them, write them down and, and, uh, Someone published it. As well as the... Amazing. (laughs) (laughs) Great luck. (laughs) As well as the funny moments you've had throughout your life and your career, obviously you faced struggles and challenges like everyone. How difficult was it for you to pull back the curtain and show this kind of vulnerability in the book? Well, I think think the older you get, the more experience you get, the less embarrassed you get. Um, You know, when I was playing... There was a the issue. There was no issue with mental health, or if you had problems, if you felt down, or you know you, you, you couldn't put your hand up and ask for help because uh, the manager would tell you to grow a pair and get on with it. You know, um, now I think with experience and the, the age I am, over fifty now, you know, if I was drowning, I'd, I'd put my hand up and ask for help. So I think that's what people got to do. But uh, the the sort of lifestyle and the the way I was brought up into football it was a very very different world then. So I mean, uh, 
I just think it's experience. You know, you're not, you're not, I'm not embarrassed to be embarrassed. I think, you know, you just got to round up and tell people your problems I've done in the book. Are there parts of your personality that people may be surprised by after reading the book? Because I think people like to think that they know you because they've seen you, yeah. watched your career, whatever else. But yeah. they don't, obviously, because we're watching you on a screen. Is there anything that you think might catch people off guard or another side that people aren't aware of that people will get from this book? Um, I, I cry a lot. I cry watching telly. When people do good, thing, good things on telly, I do cry. I have known, I've known you know, you know, to have a tear. You know, it's surprise, surprise, we're still a black and they, they, they long lost family. When they introduced their family together, oh, I couldn't, I couldn't stop crying. Or if I watch uh, athletics and someone's really trying hard and, and they win a race, oh, I mean, I mean, I'm in bits. And uh, so, yeah, I'm a big, I'm a big, so I'm, I'm a, I'm a grizzly bear, but I'm a big, soft, cuddly grizzly bear. People don't really know that side of me. What was the last thing you cried at out of curiosity? Oh, I stubbed my toe. I stubbed my little toe yesterday. But you know the, you know the, you know the, you know the, the uh, under the settee, you know the the little wheels. Oh, you know? I'm oh, yeah. feeling that somebody now. Pushed, I haven't pushed back, but somebody, my, my wife must have done the Uber and I said, one of them was just pushed forward. <laughs> oh, that made me cry. So she won't, she won't in my, you know, uh, Christmas card list yesterday. Because <laughs> you, you know, you know, you you can walk around your house blindfold, you know. But she'd, she'd done the oovering and one of the wheels had moved forward and I oh, smashed my little toe into it. Oh, there's nothing worse. Equivalent no. of standing on Lego, like it's up there pain-wise. No, no. pl- plug, plugs don't like plugs. Oh. Plug, you know, standard plugs don't good. Absolutely not. What do you hope readers will come away with after reading the book? I just think they have a laugh. Just, you know, it's, 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 uh, it's, it's quite serious sometimes. I just want people to enjoy themselves. You're all sat on our backsides and, as I said, I didn't want to be a run-of-the-mill, normal uh, autobiography. You know, I was born in South London in 1968 and blah, blah, blah. There's going to be so many of them. I wanted to do something different. And, uh, you know, the, the the calls I'm getting and the, the emails and the, the tweets and the Instagram, the people are people enjoying it. And, uh, you know, it's one of, them, one of them books. The old police say, once you put it down, you can't wait to pick it back up. So... It was. It was just. It was. A, it started off as a bit of a laugh, and I didn't think people, you know, would take it serious. And I just kept jotting down funny things, you know. And someone read it, and then got passed on. And within uh, within two weeks, I'd, I'd met James Hogg, the writer. We'd, we'd we'd spent two and a half days together in a hotel. Then he went away to France for three weeks and come back, and the book was written. It was, you know, it was done. So, but I wanted to, I wanted to write it down word for word. I mean, there's a few swear words in there. I wouldn't, I wouldn't buy it for you. You're under 16-year-old. But I wanted it I wanted it as I spoke. You know, I didn't want him to go away and make me look clever like Jamie Redknapp tries to do when he's on Sky Sports, you know. I wanted it word for word. You've been very honest in past interviews about your health and weight struggles. Yeah. Talk to me about the moment during filming of the last series of Harry's Heroes on ITV. Yeah. Um, your, fr- your old friend, Paul Merson, uh, yeah. he brought up your drinking habits. Yeah. Talk to me about that moment for you in your head and kind of coming to that realisation and having yeah. a friend come to you and say that? Well, the, the thing that, that was sent me Merce, because Merce, Merce was my drinking partner and uh, we'd had a few, you know, parties and he, he hadn't had a drink for a month. That's what upset me most, because he hadn't had a drink for a month. He was telling me not to drink, you know, so that's that's what upset me most. But uh, the second thing is, you know, he's one of my best pals and coming from your best pal, it, it hurts, you know. Um, you know, it's a, it's a difference between advice and criticism. You know, when 
when someone criticizes you, it's you know, it's it, it, you can't take it. But because he's your friend, he's saying he's saying the same thing, but it's advice. And you know, again, I just keep getting mixed mixed up between criticism and advice when it's the same thing. So I mean, it, it's it's hard when you when you one of your best friends tell you, but. You know, I knew I knew I had a problem, but I didn't realise at that time how bad my health was. You know, so I was still going a bit crazy, and it wasn't until the that's the the, the recording. It wasn't until the the show come out that uh, I'd had I'd been under the knife and had a uh, pacemaker fitted, and they stopped my heart and re restarted my heart to get it back together again. But you know that that show and Merce really really did save my life. I mean. I didn't feel I didn't feel any side effects. You know, my heart was stopping seven seconds every night when I was asleep. And I didn't know. Um, I had a regular heartbeat without filming Harry's heroes, without um, doing that show. I wouldn't have gone for a, a checkup, and I wouldn't have found out what was wrong with me. So, touch wood, people go and do it. You know, as I said, I didn't have no ill feeling. I didn't feel any difference. So, you know, lads and, and lasses around the fifty-year-old, you go go and get checked up with the doctors. Because it's a it's a serious thing, and so I had no side effects. I didn't feel anything. I just felt normal, and I was I was, you know, I could have dropped any second. How has your health been during lockdown? Oh, it's good. As I said, I'm a lazy so and so. So it's, you know, I think I think we get into a routine. I think, especially lads, you know, Monday's a quiet day. Tuesday, go go and game golf with the lads. You know, Wednesday, uh, you have a few pints with lads come home early. Thursday's another day off with the wife and kids. Friday, you definitely meet the lads. Friday afternoon for a few. Then you go home, you have fish and chips. Saturday, you get up, you go to a football bet, you go down to the pub, you watch the football results, you come home drunk. Sunday, I don't have a Chinese, of course, Saturday night. And then Sunday, you get up, uh, 12 o'clock, you go meet the lads, uh, watch the football, come home, maybe roasting and go to sleep. So that was that. that's the typical lads week, especially where I live. That's that's what we do. And that was the routine I was in. I, I just kept doing that routine because I thought it was normal because everybody else was doing it. But... Um, it wasn't hurting the outside of me, it was hurting the inside of me. And I, and I didn't realise. So I, I just think COVID come along at the right time. Uh, I'd had me uh, operations on my heart. And I was told to sit on my backside for six months, which I thought would be hard. But COVID come in and uh, it helped me. You know, there was no, no going sneaking off down the pub because, because we couldn't. So I know it's been a bad thing, COVID. And, it's just, you know, it's uh, hurt a lot of families. We've, we've lost a lot of people. But for me, it happened at the right time. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Going back to the book, you mentioned run-ins with the likes of Eric Antona. What happened there exactly? Who did you support? Who do I support? Yeah, mm, think about it. 
Uh, I I don't know if I can admit on air. No I, I I'll be in trouble where whatever I say. To be honest, <laughs> Iron Munich. Well, I don't know. <laughs> you don't know. Um, my just boyfriend. Say, say you're a, if you're a young lady, if, if a man asks you, just say you support me on wall. Okay, thank you. Good advice. I'm going to take that. <laughs> Because they're crazy and they're tough. And if you say I'm support me on wall, what are you going to do about it? I go, all right, it's only asking. <laughs> don't, 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 don't. You know, and then, then, then they'll leave you alone. They'll leave you in peace. <laughs> but uh, no, Eric Cantona, he, he, was a, he was a brilliant player. I mean, he was, um, was Eric Cantona. There was uh, Zola and Dennis Bergkamp, the best three players I, I used to play against. And, but he was a bit crazy, um, Cantona. I don't think he was wired up quite correctly like myself and he used to wear his collars up when he played on his football pitch he used to wear his collars up so I used to turn his collars down and he didn't want to play football he just wanted to fight me in Le Tunnel so I tried to put him off his game and I succeeded Has there ever been a moment on the pitch where because obviously you're known as being a very strong player um, has there ever been a moment where you've done something or something has happened and you felt really bad about it after to the point where you've had to apologise to the other player oh, because uh, yeah, I think things like, got there's out of hand. Time. Yeah, there's loads of times you've, you've gone in for challenges and you've hurt people. Um, I mean, Andy Coles, Andrew Coles played for Man United when Tana broke, accidentally, I broke both of his legs. Um, that was a complete accident. Uh, the referee said play on, so... Uh, you know, people have been made fun. I make fun out of it every now and then. But uh, looking back, it was, it was it was a complete accident. So yeah, that's that's the that's the biggest regret I've, I've had on a football pitch. Where I left him, you know, broken two broken legs, and he couldn't play for months and months and months. So yeah, I was very sorry about that. When you finished playing professionally, how difficult did you find it adapting to a life that didn't come dominated by diets and like that structure yeah. of being a yeah. footballer? Well, I, I think you lose, you lose your discipline. You go crazy. Um, you know, we, 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 I've been locked away since sixteen. You've been locked away. You know, you never. I've never celebrated a New Year's Eve. You know, for twenty years. Um, you know, holiday things like that. When because when you're training, the kids break up from school, so you never really spend a lot of time with the family, and you don't really have have the holidays with the family. I mean, it's a it's one of the greatest jobs in the world, but it's one of the toughest jobs in the world mentally. I think when you when you retire, you, you just live. Your latter teenage years, where you go out drinking and you could do because you got no one telling you what time you got to be in training. You got, you know, you got your wife moaning, but you know that she'll be all right. She'll understand. And you know, I'll buy her, I'll buy her a new watch or something to, you know, because <laughs> that's what you do when you've got a lot of money and it's a load of rubbish now. When you look back, but wives get the up. And I think, especially look back there within five years of my era, within five years, four out of five. Or is it? Yeah, four. I think it's three, three or four out of five. Anyway, three or four out of five marriages end up in divorce within five years of players retiring because they just uh, they just go down the slippery slope of going out and getting smashed and enjoying themselves, which they couldn't do. I mean, simple things like going to the doctor. I didn't know how to get the doctor because at football clubs, you know, the doctor's there. I don't book holiday, you know, because you always got someone there to book holiday. So it's. When people say it's a jungle out there, it is a jungle out there. And a lot of, lot of footballers, you know, um, couldn't really cope with it. And I couldn't cope with it. I ended up in rehab probably three years after I retired. And, you know, so it's, uh, it's, it, was, it was quite an uphill battle. But his experience, I'm glad I've had the experiences, you know, because I think it's made me a better person. It's made me a stronger person. It's made me 
a person that can give younger people a lot of advice because I've seen them, been it, seen it, done it, worn the shirt. For sure. And I think it just goes to show how much can be done and should be done with regard yeah. to that process of players coming yeah, out I mean, of that scene and into the I mean, real world. Yeah, I mean, players, you've got no other, you've got no other uh, skill, you know. You've got mm. no other sort of work, job you can come out and do, you know. You, you leave school at 16, you play football till you're 35. You know, you've got no other... Unless you're lucky, which I was, in, in my time, you had to play for the top five sort of teams so you could sort of retire at 35 because you had a good pension. Um, there's a lot of players, thousands of players that wasn't as lucky as me that come out, they haven't got a skill, they haven't got a profession to do. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of, lot of players that have turned to crime and, you know, turned to drugs and, you know, lose everything. So I don't, you know, don't really hear a lot about that. So I think the PFA, the Professional Football Association, are, are trying their hardest, but it's it's hard to uh, help the individuals. As I say, if you don't put your hand up and ask for help, they don't know you're in trouble. When did reality TV come calling then? Oh, I was, straight, I was lucky. It was straight away. I was... I've been retired about five, six months and then got into the, the jungle. Um, so I, I was quite lucky that I landed on my feet there. But, you know, it, it, was, still, it was good, but it still wasn't, a, you know, the accolade of being a footballer. They still don't get a high of, of coming off a match, you know, playing in front of 60,000 people. And that high is the, the thing, you know, you really miss. So, But I was, yeah, I was lucky I went straight into the jungle. What made you make the decision to go on I'm a Celeb? Did you just view it as like a gas kind of once in a lifetime experience or? M- money, money, <laughs> money. I mean, I'm not going to lie to you. Anyone who says they go into the jungle just, you know, to for the experience, you go, everyone goes to the jungle to get money and, 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 and enhance their career, 100%. So I went on there to get money and, and, and uh, enhance my career, which it did do because I've done one, you know, all the biggest TV shows I think on telly now. What are your memories of your time in camp then? Because that series is probably one of the most yeah. iconic, one of the best lineups. Yeah, Do you look back on it fondly? Do you have things that you recall that you're like, ah, oh, yeah, that was that was that was a oh, laugh, that was good crack. I, I think the, the tiredness. I think the time because looking back, because they only showed sort of they got twenty four hours. They showed like forty minutes. They got forty minutes footage of twenty four hours. So a lot of it is just boredom, you know. And you know, I just remember being hungry, tired, and and bored and scared of snakes, spiders and rats. But after three days, you're so tired that, you know, snakes, rats, spiders, they don't scare you anymore. You're just looking at them thinking, go and bite me and then go go away so I can sleep. So I think that it was it was the boredom, the smell. Maybe just smelling, I was a kind of just, I just smelt of, of a fire, of a burning fire and, you know, so hungry. And, and just when I got voted out, I remember walking into the tent Coming into the tent, with all these massive prawns and lobsters, and, and to the right hand side, I see a fridge, fridge full of beer. And I went to the fridge and had beer. I was so thirsty. So, yeah, that's that's amazing. But I think the boredom's the main, the main thing. You became very close to Peter Andre and Mike Reed on the show, and you formed your own group, the Jungle Boys. Who could ever forget? Um, are you still in yeah. touch with them? Are you in touch <laughs> with any of your campmates? Or no, I mean, I'm. Uh, no, I don't speak to. Them, but yeah, Kerry, Kerry McFadden come very close, Mike. Uh, Jordan was on there. Uh, yeah, Peter Andre. But I think there are about five, six, seven, eight phones ago. You lose your phone, and that's uh, and that was it. I mean, there was no iCloud back in the day, so I think you lose it. But when when we do see each other, and you know, same old stories. I think I think you get a really special bond when you when you when you're in the jungle and you and you, you're there, you know, night and day with these people. I think for life you get you get a special bond, and uh, you know, you're all, they're always in fond fond memories of them. So it's. Uh, 
You know, I don't speak to him a lot, but if I do, it'd be, it'd be great. You came third on the series. Like, you did very well. So, I mean, it wouldn't be third. beyond the realms of... When like, did I come? Third? Third? third. <laughs> <laughs> I was a third on it. Yeah, it was about... No, I come about fifth, I think. Leave my Irish pronunciation brother. alone. <laughs> TH doesn't <laughs> exist in Ireland. You said I was a third in it. Well, I, I, I thought I'd done quite well. I was better than third. Listen, would you do an all-stars version in the event that they contacted you? uh, Oh, I'd love to. I'd love to do an all-stars. Get me back in there. Oh, yeah. Get me back in there. But, I mean, um, that used to be the best show. I think my big big brother, when I went on Big Brother with Brian and that, I think that was the the number one show. And that was a lot easier. You you got food and you got loads of drink and you got a lovely bed and you could go to sleep when you wanted to. So, it was um, the Big Brother is definitely anyone that gets in the Big Brother house. That's the greatest show of all. Razor, what are your plans for 2021, or do you have any? My plans for 2021, I want to um, do good things. I want to play a lot of golf. I want to walk my dogs a lot for longer. Um, I want to do, I want to behave myself. I want to do the right things. I want to do good things. I want to do healthy things. I want to try and eat healthy things. I know it's going to be tough. Uh, I might fail. I might not fail, but I'm going to try my hardest. Sounds like a good plan to me. Razor, thank thank you so much for joining me. I really appreciate Love. it. Lovely Thank chat. You. Your new autobiography you. is out now and it's called The World According to Razor, My Closest Shaves. That will make a lovely Christmas present for someone. So pick that up. Thank you for listening to me. and Thank you for giving me time. Well, that's it for this bonus episode. Don't forget, you can listen to our daily deep dive of Series 20. Just hit that like and subscribe button so you don't miss an episode as we count down to the finale. I'm Fanula J. We'll chat again on the next Hooked On, I'm a Celeb. This is a Virgin Media Originals podcast series. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.